Your daily spiritual practice isn't an item on your to-do list. It's meant to be sacred, not a chore, and it's so easy to forget that and to shy away from those practices that are fulfilling for us, especially when we're just starting to cultivate a meaningful spiritual practice and we're just starting to discover what spiritual practices have big impacts on us. And at first, we're really enthusiastic about those things until the honeymoon phase ends and it becomes a chore again. Or we might face a lot of resistance to making the changes necessary to engage in a spiritual practice in the first place. And all too often, regardless, our designated time for our spiritual spiritual practices doesn't take priority in our schedule, so it doesn't happen, other things come up, it gets pushed aside, and then we feel really guilty and disconnected because we're not being spiritual, like we kind of float away from it. And we're kind of defining our entire sense of spirituality and whether or not we take 30 minutes at the exact same time every single day. It's a painful cycle. A few times a year, I get really strict with myself about creating the elusive spiritual morning routine that sets the tone for the day. I've had all these things that I wanted to cram into this very specific block of time right away in the morning to make it as sacred as possible to set the tone for the day because I felt like that was the only chance I had to engage in my spiritual practice until the next morning, until a full 24 hours later. And if I had missed it, that means that the tone for the day was bad (laughs) and it wasn't going to be a spiritual day. And each time I kind of went through this phase where I wanted to like suddenly engage really hard with all of the spiritual things and then I inevitably fell short, I would I would beat myself up. I would succeed for a couple mornings, feel really good, and then it would just stop. It would just fall out of me. I would completely stop and it was because it was too overwhelming or too difficult to stick to because I had too high of expectations of myself and then I would shame myself for not being more spiritual and the cycle would continue and it's really painful and it's annoying and I don't want to live like that anymore and I don't want you to live like that anymore because I don't want us to get mad at ourselves. I know we still do. I know I often I still get caught up in thinking about how I could be better about engaging in my spiritual practices, but I'm not into shaming myself anymore. And I'm not into forcing myself to adhere to specific routines that just clearly aren't working for me. What I am into is finding a way to engage in daily spiritual practices that not only support my spiritual specialties, but support my spiritual growth opportunities. And I want that for you too. I want you to have a spiritual practice that is meaningful, that's unique, tailor-made, to you, your lifestyle, and your spiritual specialties, and your spiritual expansion opportunities, and of course, to what it is you actually want to manifest, because that's all why we're here, right? (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit more about this journey today in this podcast episode, and give you some ideas on how to cultivate your own daily spiritual practice that is actually supportive and not elusive. Welcome back to the Spiritually Inspired Podcast. Thank you for joining me on another wonderful Friday filled with manifesting, mindfulness, and magic. My name is Sarah Ray. I'm your manifesting coach, and I'm going to help you break through your manifesting ceiling. On this podcast, we explore the world of metaphysics so we can discover our own spiritual truth. So just take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and always dig deeper. If you enjoy the show, please consider liking and rating wherever you happen to be listening so we can reach more modern mystics with spiritual awesomeness. Yes. And before we dive into this episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. 
It has been 10 years since the first postings of the spiritually inspired brand were spewed onto the internet, <laughs> except back then I called it something completely different and irrelevant. And I hadn't yet realized what my spiritual specialty was, even though I could feel it calling to me. And that calling set me on a quest to discover what was out there waiting for me. And not unlike Moana, I soon discovered that the call wasn't out there at all. It was inside of me. <laughs> My latest book is called Manifesting Mindfulness and Magic, and it's symbolic of the journey I took to find the spiritual answers I needed, but it's not really a narrative. Actually, this book is a compilation of all five of my published books under the spiritually inspired brand that I've published over the last four years, all of which were born out of intense curiosity, research, and implementation in my life so I could write about it from experience and share it with you and hopefully inspire you as well. So we all have unique spiritual interests and specialties and worldviews, and Manifesting Mindfulness and Magic is a complete guide to embracing all those unique things about yourself so you can live spiritually inspired. It will take you on the journey of cultivating a magical lifestyle that is supportive to you. The five books in this compilation book include Manifesting Abundance, Practical Manifesting, Mindfulness Made Easy, The Self-Worth Secret, and Magical Moon Phases. Get your copy now at spirituallyinspired.co slash books or wherever books are sold. A daily spiritual practice is intended to support your spiritual specialties and soul growth. Yeah, we're probably going to be a little uncomfortable while we're doing it at some point because that means we'd be in the midst of transformation. But overall, generally speaking, a spiritual practice should be something that is supportive and in alignment and that gets you excited and wanting to partake in it. Our last podcast episode was all about the concept of practicing as a means to personal growth and spiritual expansion. That episode creates the foundation of this episode because it's establishing the importance of practice. At this point, I'm assuming you understand why you have to practice in the first place, which was a concept that was fun to explore as it relates to spirituality. So go listen to that episode if you haven't yet, then come back to this one. I'm continuing that exploration today. All the best rewards in life come with practice. But what makes spiritual practices different from practicing other skills is the sacredness. And something only becomes sacred when we have a personal connection to it, when it has a meaning to us. Therefore, a daily spiritual practice needs to connect with us as individual mystics in order for it to become sacred to us. Nothing will ever be sacred about 5 a.m. unless you decide. 5 a.m. is a sacred time. <laughs> there are things that have inherent sacredness in the collective consciousness, but that, you know, you could choose to disregard that if you would like. You can decide anything is sacred, and you do have to make the conscious choice to decide that something is sacred. We're much more likely to actually engage in a practice if we care about it, especially since we've consciously chose to care about it. I want to share my best pieces of advice for cultivating a supportive spiritual practice. These things come up a lot in my coaching program, Manifest on Purpose, and I hope you'll find these helpful. And if you find that a lot of these are resonating with you, if you're feeling like you need some more help, a little bit more support, you can always learn more about my program, Manifest on Purpose, by going to spirituallyinspired.co slash manifest. If you have any questions about it, they'll all be answered there where you can learn more about how to go deeper into your spirituality and finally manifest your dream life.
So the very first thing I have for you in for advice in cultivating a beautiful, meaningful spiritual practice is realizing that you are not obligated to include any specific activity in your spiritual practice. Kind of what we were just talking about a little bit. But I will make one caveat to my own explanation <laughs> is that the one thing you do have to include in some way, shape or form is meditation. So I need meditation to be part of your daily spiritual practice, but meditation and mindfulness comes in so many different forms. You will find a way to incorporate this into your meditation or your spiritual practices. You can find a way to completely customize it so it suits your preferences, but there does have to be some sort of underlying foundation of mindfulness in order for any of your spiritual practices to ever take effect or to ever make a difference in your life. So that is the only thing that I would say you have to find some sort of common ground for is it's not truly a, a spiritual practice if you're just doing it to check something off of a, a to-do list. This is what makes it more than just a to-do to list item is that you're making a mindful choice to engage in a practice and to be mindful about your emotions, about whatever it is that you're doing and whatever it is that you're doing, you know, checking in with your emotions or pulling cards or doing yoga or whatever it is, whatever the practice is that you choose is fine. It just needs to be rooted in meditation and mindfulness. And all that is, is being here in the present moment here and now not getting lost in your thoughts about yesterday or tomorrow, just being right here. And as long as you're right here, you are engaging in something that could potentially be sacred. Another thing here that I want to point out is that your daily practice is your strongest practice. I heard that quote on Sarah Beth Yoga's YouTube channel many years ago, and that has always stuck with me. Your daily practice is your strongest practice. And I find that this applies to everything, not just yoga, but literally everything. I would rather hear about you meditating for five minutes every single day than an hour twice per week. I would rather hear about you journaling a line or two per day than journaling only on the full moon, but you journal six pages. I would rather hear about the daily tasks because the daily atomic habit, the daily habits are what become the atomic habits, right? That's the kind of the whole premise of that book that I never read. <laughs> atomic habits. The idea is that you do something every single day and they build up on top of each other. I talked about this in the last episode. That's the idea of practice. Consistency is key. This is the whole idea of practicing. I strongly encourage you to find at least two separate times during the day to have a mindful moment. Yes, this is this is so key in cultivating a meaningful spiritual practice is that you have to find the time. We all have the same amount of time, people. Time is a, con a construct of humankind, <laughs> but also is something that you can choose to have an opinion about if you want. You can either have all the time in the world or you can have no time at all, and that's your choice. So when I worked in a cubicle, I would have two breaks during the day besides my lunch break. They were like 10 to 15 minutes each. And that's basically, that basically was true with every job I've ever worked at. So I'm sure if you are listening to this right now and you have a job, I'm sure you get at least one 15 minute break a day. Every time I had, or every day it was time for me to take my break, I would take one in the mid morning and one in the mid afternoon. And I would use that time to meditate. I realized that our corporate facility had all kinds of private break rooms. Um, and that was true for all of my corporate jobs as well, that there were always, there was always at least one area within the building that was like a private sitting room. And a lot of these are like mother's rooms, like nursing rooms. Uh, the one at my last cubicle job, like two years ago, now that I was at, they had, um, 
it was like a locker shower room with like a sitting chair in it and stuff and the door locked behind it and it was like inside the bathroom. So, I mean, every place I've ever been at has had places like this and I would take my breaks in there and just have quiet, mindful moments a few times a day. Just because you're not using the mother's room to nurse at this time or to pump or do anything like that, you are still allowed to use that space as long as you're being respectful of other people too, you know, like don't spend six hours on there, <laughs> but as long as, you know, nobody else is using it or waiting for it, you're more than welcome to use it. So take advantage of those uh, perks in your corporate facility. Or if you work from home, this makes it even easier. You can just go somewhere else away from your work stuff to take a mindful moment during the day. Um, if you work at restaurants, you know, hide in the bathroom if you have to, right? Plenty of people do that. <laughs> in in a moment, we're going to be talking about what we're actually going to be doing during these mindful moments. But first, I need you to commit to finding the time to have these mindful moments. So a couple times during the day, whether that's in the morning, in the evening, at the edges of the day, or right in the middle of the day, just find at least two separate 10-minute slots of time during the day, okay? Because I know you can do it. We all do this. Because the idea is that we want to integrate spirituality into our everyday life and not feel like we have to do it at just one specific time every day. But it does help if you set aside some specific times every single day because it gets you into the habit of doing it. And the more you actually do it, the easier it will be to just let it trickle into your everyday life. So while you're engaging in your practices, I want you to allow room for play. Your spiritual practice needs to inspire you to engage. Whatever activities you practice, whatever that is for you, approach them with an attitude of playfulness and experimentation. And this is going to take you so far. If, if you find your few couple of minutes and you decide you're going to do something really cool, just have fun with it. Just don't, don't get stuck in perfectionism. Just leave room for play. Enjoy it. Have fun. Soak up all those good vibes. And most importantly, give yourself the opportunity to try new things. Allow for play and experimentation. Another tip I have for you is approach these practices, especially ones that are brand new to you with curiosity, kind of going off that, the playing aspect of this. Every single time you engage in this chosen practice of yours, the deliberately chosen spiritual practice, give yourself grace. Be willing to be a little sloppy. Be okay with a less than stellar performance, supposedly. Although this is not necessarily why we do things, to have a really good meditation practice or whatever. It's more about the habit of doing it. No matter how much practice we get, we will never perform the exact same task with the exact same results every single time. And this is especially true with everything, but I mean, professional athletes know this better than anyone. You have to, you have good days, you have bad days, and it's totally fine. And I am suggesting that you be okay with that. Instead, approach, approach your practice with curiosity. Say, how am I going to perform today? How am I going to do this today? What's it going to be like today? And see what happens. Instead of saying, instead of having a bar that you have to meet every single time. And if you are above that bar, then it was great and really good. If you were below that bar, it was bad. I don't want that sort of judgment when it comes to your spiritual practices, because that makes it more chore-like and it's meant to be sacred. And things that are sacred don't necessarily have bars to be met. They don't have criteria that you have to meet with, right? Just allow it to be what it is. This is what makes it fun. You never know what you're going to find. So dwell in curiosity by releasing the temptation to label everything as good or bad. Disband expectations or requirements. The act of engaging is the goal, not the results. Another tip I have for you is cater to you 
and no one else. Consider all of your unique spiritual specialties and interests and opportunities for growth, your zone of genius, and what makes you feel good and fulfilled. You don't have to justify a damn thing to anyone else. All of this is for you and no one else. <laughs> so that means you're free to do whatever you'd like, however you'd like to do it. There are no rules here. That doesn't mean you can't take inspiration from others or learn valuable techniques from them. This simply means that there are no wrong answers. So when I say deliberately choosing your spiritual practices and whatever it is that you're doing, this is what I'm talking about. Do what is interesting to you and do it in a way that makes you feel engaged and excited. Um, I've had people be appalled at, you know, you're not reading tarot cards correctly. Like, how dare you not read tarot cards correctly? And then I have seen other people who read from like six different decks at once for one client. So be that person, be the one that's doing whatever it is that you want, despite what other people are saying. Structure is good and structure um, is valuable. And just, like I said, you can always take inspiration from others and learn from them. But I really want to encourage everybody listening to follow their own path and just carve their own way. Do it the way that feels right for you. Because it does not matter how many books you read, how many podcast episodes you listen to. It's never going to be as good or as real as your own practices. And this is a realization that's really hard to put into words, but it is such a revelation to witness with my clients when they start to realize that whoa, this is so much deeper than I thought it could ever be. That's when it starts getting really fun and transformative. They'll take my suggestions. They'll start doing the energy work and the energy exercises, the manifesting exercises that I give them. And then all of a sudden they'll come back and say, hey, this was crazy. This happened afterwards. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought I was just going to do the thing, check it off my to-do list and move on when really it just turned into this really sacred moment. So cater to you specifically. And that's what I try to do with my clients and manifest on purpose. I try to help them cultivate a spiritual practice that is catering to them specifically. So those magical moments happen. So you go beyond just the meditation practice and you suddenly are in a soul expansion journey. It's amazing. <laughs> And that kind of, that's a nice segue into the next tip I have for you, which is just don't force what isn't working. But at the same time, you need to stick with it long enough to know for sure that it's not working. There's no way to know for sure how something will serve you unless you give it a true solid chance. The old college try, as they say, <laughs> your intuition is guiding you there for a reason, people. So there must be something there for you. I don't know how many times I can say this. <laughs> your intuition is always guiding you, even if you don't feel like you're an intuitive person. So there is always something there for you. If you feel drawn to it, if you feel called to it, don't second guess it. If you're being drawn to something, go there, but don't force it. It might just be the opportunity to let go of expectations. So I have an example for you. I tried for years to be one of those yogis that leaps out of bed at dawn to do a hundred sun salutations to start the day off right, as I mentioned earlier in this episode. I probably actually did that successfully less than a dozen times in total when I was like trying to make this happen for like five years. And I didn't notice a substantial difference in my days between doing it and not but it filled me with so much shame and guilt every time I didn't do it. So eventually I was just like, why am I trying to force what isn't working? Like this doesn't make me feel good. And it's only bringing about feelings of inadequacy and like I'm failing myself or that I can't, you know, engage in what I preach. I can't live what I preach. So why am I continuing to do it? I knew I needed the grounding movement of 
yoga, the grounding practice of yoga. That's some of you might know that that's a really important spiritual practice that I get engage in. So I came back to what was most important in that moment. I was like, why am I trying to force something that's not working? I want to do what's most important. Moving through the asanas during a time of the day that feels good and fulfilling. That's what's most important. Or that was what I came to realize what was most important for me personally. Now, when it's time to engage in my spiritual practice of yoga, I do it in a way that's exciting and fulfilling and not an obligation. I am not one of those people that's excited to wake up and jump out of bed. If you are, that's fantastic. <laughs> and there was a time in my life where that truly was the only time in the day where I had to do yoga. And that was probably for like eight years out of my life. And I did that because that was something that I had to make work in order to get in my daily exercise for the day. But I also wasn't so eventually became so rigid about it. It did take a little bit of practice, but eventually I, I realized I could let go of other things that weren't serving me to prioritize my spiritual practices. But I did it because it was exciting, fulfilling, and not because it was an obligation. I hope I've made that distinction clear with this example of not forcing it, but also making sure you give it enough of a chance to make it work. Also, another tip I have for you, again, is that there is no right or wrong answer. Even if you are engaging in a practice that does have structure to it, this is I know I already said this, but I want to go a little bit deeper. Something that has structure to it, such as yoga or the tarot, there is no right or wrong way to go about it. Sometimes my yoga practice is more like a dance practice, and that's okay. Sometimes my tarot reading is what you would call weird. <laughs> and that's totally okay too. Like, like I mentioned before, I've had other readers that combine decks and that's usually a huge no-no, right? So just do whatever you want. No matter what you're doing, do it your way. No one else has to know or see your methods. That was a huge realization for me that nobody else has to see this. It's purely for you and serving your soul only. So just say, I don't care what other people think and do what it is that matters to you and is supportive to you. However, I do need you to consider what it means to, to do this, to come out of the spiritual closet, because my next tip for you here is a really important one. And it's actually the, the last specific tip I have for you before we start talking about what we're actually going to be doing during our spiritual practices. My last tip for you is be okay with other people being aware of what your spiritual practice is. I'm not saying that you have to take their input. But at some point in time, in order to live truly authentically and truly spiritually inspired, other people are going to be aware of what your spiritual specialties and interests are. I am really passionate about this topic because I don't believe anyone can live in secret forever about anything. At some point, we all have to come out of the closet with what we love and what we do. Otherwise, we live in the dark our whole lives. No one needs to participate or understand. You don't need to ask for permission but you'll likely have to work around the lives of others to do your spiritual interests. And that's totally okay. And it's also totally okay if you're single and you work from home and you don't have any other obligations. That's totally awesome too. <laughs> you probably most likely do have someone else in your space that you have to consider because there's always going to be you know, boundaries that you have to talk about. There's always going to be, this is my stuff. This is when I do things. Just like any other thing you would do in your home right? This is a really good chance to practice putting some boundaries out there, putting yourself first and coming out of the spiritual closet. 
I've talked about this idea at length in other episodes about what you need to do when you feel the need to keep your spirituality a secret. So I'm not going to go in too much detail, but I will reiterate that you cannot maintain a thriving spiritual practice in a spiritually inspired life. And you cannot manifest your dream life if you keep it a secret. Nothing that is good and bright in the world needs to be kept a secret. Keeping that part of yourself hidden is the opposite of what the universe wants for you. So yes, you don't have to care about what anyone else thinks of your spirituality or what your practices are or their opinions about it, but you do need to come to terms with the fact that other people will be aware of them. It This is a good thing. <laughs> this is like people knowing what you do for a living, like what your job is. They know what your job is and they know what your spiritual beliefs are, right? And I'm not saying you have to be a preach preacher or anything, but don't hide it. Don't be secretive about it. Like I don't necessarily advertise what I do, but I'm also not ashamed of it. I'm willing to share it with other people if they ask to. This is not a scary thing. If you really do have a hard time with this idea of letting your spiritual beliefs and practices become known to people who don't agree with them, I want you to take a look at which zodiac sign Chiron is on your natal chart. This is an asteroid called the Wounded Healer. And if this is something that's really hard for you, it will give you some insight on how to best put yourself out there. What zodiac sign your Chiron is in. So just a little FYI there. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about your daily spiritual practice and what it, this actually means. Now that you have committed to finding mindful moments throughout your day to consistently practice your spiritual activities and you have all these other fun tips under your belt, you probably already have a couple ideas. It's it's ready to start kind of going down that rabbit hole and seeing what it is you want to actually do with your spiritual time for yourself. So let's talk about a few ideas of what to do with your mindful moments. Remember, always take what resonates and leave what doesn't and always dig deeper. Feel free to play and explore, to mix and match, find your own spiritual style. But we're going to start talking about with meditation because I mentioned this already and in many other episodes, meditation is absolutely non-negotiable in some way, shape or form. Luckily for us, there are just many ways to meditate. It's probably the easiest thing to do to mold to your personality. I've dedicated entire podcast episodes to various forms of meditation that you can go back at checkout. You can follow guided meditations online. You can listen to music, whether that's healing music or regular music or yoga music. You can sit in silence and just breathe. You can listen to nature sounds. You can recite affirmations or follow a visualization, anything. You can meditate while walking, which is particularly effective outside during the nice weather. You can do this in so many ways. It just needs to happen every single day. Strive for at least 10 mindful minutes of meditation in your spiritual style and your spiritual practice will unfold organically from there. I promise. Another thing that I think is important to have in your spiritual practice, but I'm not saying you have to have it, but it is important, are affirmations. I did this a lot when I was pregnant to tame all the anxiety I was feeling at the time. I would take my mindful moments and I would recite my chosen affirmations and really lean into them. I truly believe this is one of the biggest reasons why I was able to manifest my perfect birthing experience. This is almost two years ago now. And I managed my anxiety through that mindfulness practice and believing in my affirmations as I said them. And that experience has taught me a lot about what it takes to manifest successfully and what it's like and what it feels like. And also really the power of, of affirmations as well. This practice has evolved a little bit for me, evolved a little bit for me since being pregnant, but I essentially still do this. Um, I essentially still have specific times of day where I think about what it is that I want to manifest and what my affirmations are, what I want to embody. And I just think about them. And then I move on with my day as 
as a as using that as a springboard, if you will. So I highly suggest that this is a great place to start with your mindful moments is reciting affirmations. This is a form of meditation. So take your 10 minutes to recite or write down your affirmations over and over and over again. Transformation will come from there, I promise. So that is a nice segue into one of the other things you can be doing, which is journaling. This topic, I don't have a full episode dedicated to just yet, but I will very soon. There are so many different ways to journal. You can even just jot down things on sticky notes if you'd like and just kind of keep sticky notes around. (laughs) Journaling and writing things down is such an amazing spiritual practice because it helps us process whatever is on the surface of our minds. And it's one of those practices that you can pick up at anytime. No matter how rusty you are, you can always start again and work through all that mental muck. After just a few journaling sessions, you'll start going deeper with your thoughts and your feelings, uncovering all kinds about your soul self, all kinds of things about your soul self. So just get started and it will unravel really quickly in the best way. (laughs) Another non-negotiable for me personally as a spiritual practice is yoga or just movement. Also a lot of dancing for me personally. I mentioned a little bit about my personal yoga experience in this episode already, and moving your body is a fantastic spiritual practice because it's very grounding. It keeps your mind, body, spirit moving and thriving, especially if you exercise periodically throughout the day, take little brain dance breaks, if you will. All movement can be mindful movement as long as you don't get lost in your thoughts and forget about what your body is doing and kind of get lost on autopilot. And this is true really of any activity. That's how you make anything mindful. If you keep your focus on the task at hand and you don't run away with unrelated thoughts, then you're having a mindful moment. So do that with your movement practices too. Here's another fun one, card reading. I know you were probably waiting for this one to come (laughs) because this is something that I love to do. And I do card readings professionally and I pull cards every week in our Facebook group. I just love card reading. Whether you prefer to read tarot or oracle cards, pulling cards is a skill that brings you closer to the divine the more you do it. You can pull cards to answer all kinds of questions or to speak to any situation. And you can pull a card or however many cards every single day if you'd like. It's such an easy way to connect with spirit and receive some guidance and or validation. Another one for me that I wanted to share with you is prayer. Similar to meditation, praying is just a beautiful spiritual act and it changes so much about you energetically. This is another whole podcast episode by itself, but as with everything else, there's really no wrong way to engage in prayer. It's all about intention. Whatever you have to say to the universe, just say it. It doesn't have to be perfect or eloquent or poetic. Praying can be just as simple as, thank you for your continued support and presence in my life. And you can pray for everyone and everything, so why not? It's relaxing, it builds spiritual connection, it's a form of meditation, and it helps other people if you pray for them. Energy healing is another excellent spiritual practice to engage in. If you're attuned to Reiki, you can use your mindful moments to give yourself some Reiki, or you can send it to others or do both at the same time. You can also work with crystals a few times throughout the day to reintroduce their energy and your intentions with them into your aura, and you can infuse your meditation with a bit of energy work to take it up a notch. I This episode is giving me a lot of ideas for other podcast episodes I want to do in the future, and I probably will do one on just energy healing. That's not Reiki here really soon. <laughs> uh, Speaking of other podcast episodes, pranayama is another spiritual practice you can do. This is known as breath work. If you're a yogi, you might be familiar with this. You can use your mindful moments to do some intentional breathing exercises. This is the breath of life. Uh, uh, This is a branch of yoga where we practice 
purposeful breathing in specific patterns that support um, health and spirit and brain stimulation, all kinds of things. I did an episode on breath work a while back where I interviewed an expert. So you can have a listen to that if you want to learn more about this very easy practice. So focusing on the breath is great for meditation and for mindfulness because it gives you it gives your mind something to be preoccupied with instead of thoughts. And that, again, is ultimately the goal of meditation. <laughs> and finally, I have artwork. Creating something for the sake of creation is a great way to get connected with your spiritual self. It's a great spiritual practice. The muses are likely to come and visit you if you're engaging in your preferred creative outlet, especially on a regular basis. Why not invite them in intentionally and ask for their assistance when you go to engage in your creative practice, whatever that is for you? Epiphanies are common while creating art because, again, our ego mind is preoccupied while our soul is free to speak itself while the ego is distracted, essentially. <laughs> Creativity establishes the connections to the universe because of its inherently unpredictable nature. And you may have realized this by now, but the universe loves a mystery. So if you embark on a journey and you don't know where it will lead, the universe will rejoice and you will be rewarded with some incredible spiritual expansion. And that's ultimately what art is. You just kind of start with a blank canvas. You might have an idea in mind, but really your end piece can be anything. And that's ultimately what the what manifesting is like, what working with the universe is truly like. Okay, that was a lot of information. So let's recap the major takeaways from this episode. Your daily spiritual practice isn't an item on your to-do list. It's meant to be sacred, not a chore. You're not obligated to include any specific activity in your spiritual practice as long as you engage in mindfulness. Your daily practice is your strongest practice. Allow for play. Don't force what isn't working. And here's a bunch of rattled off spiritual practice ideas, meditation, affirmations, journaling, yoga, card reading, prayer, energy healing, pranayama, artwork, Phew. and whatever else. I would love to hear your ideas for what you do to engage in spiritual practices. You can shoot me an email or you can DM me on Facebook or Instagram, and you can just let me know what it is that you like to do because I love to hear it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this. And if you go on your way today, know that I'm sending you an abundance of love, light, and inspiration. Blessed be. Hey, Mystic. Did you know that every single week I offer free Reiki to anyone and everyone who needs it and wants it? Yep. All you got to do is go to spirituallyinspired.co slash free group to join our next live weekly circles. On Monday mornings, we all join together to reconnect, to talk manifesting, to tune in with the astrological influences, to pull some tarot cards, to do some Reiki, and to hold each other accountable in a space of love and manifesting and magic. Go to spirituallyinspired.co slash free group to join our next free weekly circle.